All right, so we're jumping into part two of uh, this, what's turning out to be a really awesome interview with uh, Joy and Matt, the Wallaces. The Wallai. Yeah, the Wallai. Ooh, is that something you guys do, that a regular It's our plural. It's like octopi. Did you you think of that when you first got married? Or is that something that's just I think it's more what's we spawned. Okay. It's like there's more than just us. The Wallai, now there's three of us, now there's four. Yeah, I like that. Um... But yeah, it, I'm sure anyone listening to this episode listened to, hopefully, the previous episode as well. This is part two of a two-part um, podcast, um, episodes nine and ten, with Matt and Joy, husband and wife, good friends of mine, um, coolest parents in the fucking world. I talk a lot about that and the part one. Um, but it's been cool. We're actually, it's only been ten minutes since we recorded the end of part one. So this is one long conversation, essentially. But it was cool. We stepped away. We went outside. It's a little bit cold in Austin right now during this episode. So warmed up, um, caught up. And I think so far it seems to be going well. Everyone was like, oh, this is good. This is, feel, this is fun. This is, it feels nice. Having a good it feels time. natural. So I'm not quite as nervous as I was. In the yeah, season. yeah. Well, it, it's cool. I think most guests have expressed similar things. Like some of them, like Margaret is a very natural, yeah. like that's, she's a comedian. That's her gig. Not everybody's that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have taken to it really nicely. And I'm, I'm really having a good time. I have crippling like stage fright. So this is, <laughs> do you really? I do, yeah, definitely. But you work and I mean, you behind, yeah. behind the camera. Or, you're behind or the camera, but you're still very much around the aspect of recording. Yeah, and I am, but I, it's I, different when you're the you, you put me in front of anything and I get, <laughs> Super anxious. That yeah. surprises me about you. Yeah. For me, it's like yeah. a derby belt. Me too. Yeah, like I'm nervous as hell. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. You and as soon as the whistle goes, I'm, I was. Okay. It is yeah. funny you say that because if we uh, working together, you always talk about how you don't like to present in front oh, of big groups it. and things like that. But but if you're presenting and I need to like chime in, I'm yeah. totally okay with that. I just I don't want to be the one. Well, it surprises so. me about both of you, and I think that. When push comes to shove, you would both excel oh, in whichever yeah. situation you're presenting. We will win in the zombie apocalypse, but <laughs> <laughs> not if we have to speak well, to them. Not in public speaking. Public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really enjoying this. So regardless of whatever comes to be, um, I'm glad we're doing this and super excited to have you guys on. Um, the in, in part one, we went through... Uh, a joy song went through a Matt song and then closed it with another joy song. Um, joy brought in run DMC. You talk too much from their second record. Uh, we had, uh, the, uh, second song was, I used to love her by common. And then we closed out with, Oh my gosh, my notes are all jumbled. I almost revealed the next songs. Oh, because it's like in the wrong order. Thank no. goodness. I would have had to edit that out, but it would have ruined it for everybody. Uh, here, so we closed with uh, "Catch" by The Cure, um, which I now know was not their first record. <laughs> um, but God, what an idiot! Nobody would make their debut record be a double LP. Obviously, be that's a baller. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's some baller shit if you actually pull that off. Uh, and it's a great record, but now I know that it's not the first. What what record was it? Do you know? Three Imaginary Boys, but you can't get it anymore. They renamed it. So now he's pointing at me, so I'm not going to remember the name of it. Sorry, fool. Just blow my mind. Where's your Wikipedia now? But uh, yeah, Yeah. Uh, they'd actually been around like ten plus years 
before Kiss Me, Kiss Me, yeah. Kiss Me came out, which is always really hard Ten for years. me to say. Like, yeah, it's Kiss annoying. Me Cubed. I just call it Kiss Me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kiss Me Cubed. <laughs> um, that sounds but, like a Bjork record. <laughs> Oh, you Bjork. don't even talk about how hard it was not to have her. I know, I know. Are we all three Bjork lovers? Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god, oh, yeah. dude! Oh, yeah. Birthday, the, the sugar cubes got yeah. All right. Oh man, I picked up a sugar. So I went to Iceland three, four years ago mm. uh, for their Airwaves festival. Cannot recommend it enough. I'm going back next year for my 30th. You guys should come. Nice. Oh, trying please. to get yeah, yeah. Can we anyone listening. You're all invited as Let's well. Let's do it. We're gonna do it. It's usually like right like the beginning of November four-day music festival in Reykjavik Mm -hmm. we'll go there we'll tour the country to plan like 10 days it's cheap let's save up let's fucking do it let's do it you get to meet the walleye the reason why I brought that up was because you had mentioned Bjork Sugar Cubes my first record that I bought in Iceland was a Sugar Cubes record that I found in their really cool record store Lucky's um, but the best record store in the entire fucking planet, 12 Tunar, Reykjavik, Iceland. Or the three exciting. of us are going to go there next yeah. year. We're right. going to buy Absolutely. records for each other when we go there. Do you have Bling Blau? Or I don't know. Probably slaughtering. It's um, Bjork's dad was in a band. Okay. And jazz musician. Ja- and so she, I think he had passed away already. Mm. She I, I guess I always sings. thought of Bjork as just an alien. So well, yeah. Like, okay, so, really so the, the pod that hatched her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she he was goes w- back and sings well recognized with, jazz musician oh it's in absolutely really? amazing wow. yeah, yeah. Glenn Clow it's a it's full record a of her accents doing, um, spell it, jazz standards that's and, awesome I'm gonna have to uh, definitely check that out yeah. um, see th- and this is where I love these in these episodes because we get on these little tangents and we get to sneak in a couple of things that we regret not picking I've got a whole three. list I've been trying so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nope. I mean you know, I didn't. Sometimes I'll give guests like a notepad so they can take their own notes. I didn't give you guys one, so you just got to remember it. If you, I don't. Well, I would have too many notes, and then <laughs> I'd try to go through the whole list. And you, you know me. That's awesome. Well, I think with that, we should kick it off with the first song for the tenth episode and part two of the Wallaces. Um, this one, so we're gonna go Matt Joy Matt in this episode. So we'll see which one you like better. Ooh, Matt Sandwich. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the Matt Sandwich is gonna it's gonna start with oh man. Gloves are I, I yeah. I'll probably get emotional during this one, but um, yeah, me too. It's gonna be oh man, the great Willie Nelson, Hands on the Wheel. At a time when the world seems to be spinning Hopelessly out of control There's deceivers and believers And old in-betweeners That seem to have no place to go Well, it's the same old song It's right and it's wrong And living is just something that I do And with no place to hide I looked in your eyes And I found myself in you I look to 
tissues over here. Right? <laughs> it's I so one good. Oh, Willie Nelson. Man. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. What a, what a song to pick. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got thoughts on it, but mine aren't going to be as interesting as yours, Matt. Tell me. Uh, maybe. You, I don't know. Maybe. I'm <laughs> curious. <laughs> tell me, tell me why this well, one. Um, There's so many Willie songs to pick. There are. And you picked the, the best one, one ever written i don't know it's it's tough because you know I, I in this process i went through um you know i, I i'm a huge Willie fan but it, you know who isn't who in their right mind isn't um i'm a huge tom waits fan 
who who in their right mind is science. Yeah, Tom Waits is crazy, right? And I, I dug I dug deep, and I was like, uh, you know, I I was going way down this rabbit hole of Tom Waits and trying. I was like, I'm gonna force this thing to happen. I'm gonna force a find because I have very specific stories related to Tom Waits, and you know, it was a thing. And uh, it wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. It wasn't. It wasn't hooking. And um, so I took a break, and I thought for a minute, and um, I was like, ah. And then all of a sudden, it just revealed itself in this song. The song is huge for me. Um, I just jumped. I jumped the rail, and I went over to Willie. It was a singer-songwriter thing that I was trying to like. Mm-hmm. I found myself trying to go down the singer-songwriter rabbit hole. And um, the song comes off of what, in my mind, is the greatest country record ever put to shellac. Like, it's yeah, Red-Headed Stranger. I mean, they call him that for, you know, they call him that, but I don't know how many people actually know this record. Right. And it's a epic tale, and it's a, it's a concept It's a full album. concept, yeah, the whole and record front to back. It's unbelievable, and, and, you know, you have the story of the stranger, and and, and, you know, you follow along with that. And then somewhere towards the middle, towards the late middle, this song comes in and it's like one of the greatest love songs ever written. And um, if you're somebody who drinks a little bit and maybe smokes some and isn't madly in love with somebody that, like, is cool with that, you know, like, that's even better. And I, the song is... Um, it's about in, uh, introspection and trying to f- find yourself and also knowing that, like, um, for me, you know, there's a moment where he talks about being, you know, imposing or larger than life even, and that's a play off of the red-headed stranger, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that, too. Like, I, I'm, you can't see me. I'm 6'3", 265 pounds, and I'm hard to miss. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm a bombastic guy sometimes, so it's like <laughs> there's a lot there that spoke to me. I recognize you right? from all those shows that I <laughs> saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has big guys. Check everywhere. the press kit. Like, I'm the big guy in the background. It's um. So there's there's a personal attachment there, like even in those lyrics. Um, so every everything that's in this like has spoken to me since the first time I heard it, except for the like find myself in you part. Woo. Which joy is a part of, and and when I first heard the song, it was the first time I heard the record, and I, the first time I went down the rabbit hole of the redheaded stranger, and I was a kid, and my mom is a big influence on my life as far as music goes because she just like was so open and feeding me stuff and musically, and I heard this record for the first time out of her collection, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, who's making country concept albums? And I know who Willie Nelson is, but still, even then, didn't quite make sense. But I was hooked immediately, and it's the same. It's the same sort of thing for me as uh, as as uh, what's going on, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," and Willie Nelson's "Redheaded Stranger" are like related to me. Yeah, you know, there's these concept albums that are yeah. very specific at the time, and so it, it fed a lot of needs then and was very interesting to me forever and then now you know with my the love of my life like 
I have the other part of that. So it just is like the most perfect song. <laughs> is it really fucked up <laughs> when you say that? All I get to give is the love of my life. Of my life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, it's, yes. it's it's an it's an amazing <laughs> amazing song, and it, uh, it it in my mind is um, like a sonic uh, version of myself, which is really bizarre to say. But like that's the the one song that I attach to the most. And I lied to you earlier, where I said like I don't have those specific attachments to songs. Yeah. You know, this, this is, is one, one. This is this is one of like. Yeah. If there are any, it's, this yeah. is the one. I think Lily does that for you, like. So to interject my own story into your yeah, song. Yeah, please, bring it on. Um, when you were all jacked up at the old San Jose. <laughs> oh, well, they don't know the story. They don't know the story. Let's hear it. When I, uh, I know Liz Lambert, and um, she was the first friend, one of the first friends I met when I moved to Austin, and she's the owner of, was the owner of uh, Hotel San Jose before it was the Hotel San Jose. And if you're listening to this outside of Austin, um, which you should be listening to this wherever you are. Um, it is um, a boutique hotel on South Congress. It's very, very um, beautiful and popular. Shit. But beforehand, it was a uh, $5 a night dive where people would hide from whatever it is they did wrong or they would try and uh, <laughs> do wrong things. Um, whenever it was renovated by Liz Lambert, um, we were given the gift of test running it and so we stayed there for a night for free and it's when we first started hanging out it's kind of how we all we fell into each other um the night that we stayed there i um hurt my knee so badly that i couldn't actually leave the hotel from the test run so, so what he really did i was supposed was to be kicked out he of jumped <laughs> off the curb from where the school oh, is on south congress it's like a six seven foot drop and his <laughs> He starts walking and one leg's going forward and the other one's completely sideways. He's like, it's fine. It looks fine, right? Joy, it's it's fine. Okay. We're okay. Yeah. So the point, the, <laughs> the point being we were supposed to stay there for a night and um, I blew my knee out and she took care of me um, oh, because wow. I had to stay there for five days. And what is the... Five days? Um, so, yeah. yeah. It was supposed, supposed to be, to be one, one free night. So they, well, no, but they, they really needed people to test it out and actually like the, the water system backed up and okay, it, yeah. it was, we were helpful to them as well. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember why you asked this. I think maybe you were stuck in bed and you couldn't get anything. So you, you for some reason really wanted like Marco and I were going out on, we're going to get groceries. We're going to get whatever. He was like, well, if you could get that Willie Nelson song, the Stardust. I don't, all I know is you didn't know the name. No, mm. you, the sun is full of sky. What? Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Help me out here. No, I'm not gonna do that. Why? So because I can't remember what it was. Oh. Um <laughs> Sun is full of whatever and shares no hope at all. The sky was never blue. Right. And I never cared for you. And I never cared so for I you. was like scouring Waterloo and all the record shops trying to find I never cared for you by Will and Nelson. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, We have no idea what you're talking about. And come to find out that's not the name of the song whatsoever. But Marco and I, like, for a couple hours, searched Trying for it and, and never one. found it. And it was another one of those things like, oh, hey, Internet, thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So. <laughs> that was a wild tangent. Yes, it was. But no. That was it was so kind good. of like why, like, 
that's literally when you and I first started hanging out mm-hmm. just as friends. And so, like, Willie Nelson's always been very much attached to Well, that's to the thing. Willie Nelson has always been me. there. Oh, well, not for you. I'm not speaking for you. Sorry. But, like, I, I, I'm a fifth-generation Texan, and I, like, you know, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys and all that shit. It's always there. But as a... As a a typical music fan who knows Willie Nelson, nobody knows about the redheaded stranger. Nobody knows about this record, you know, and now it's much more common because it's much more accessible, but growing up, you know, in the eighties and, um, you know, listening to like, uh, just the swangin' and shit like that on the radio and like hearing, you know, and nine to five is the Dolly Parton thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, Sure, Jolene was a big deal, but like no, even nobody knew what the fuck the redhead stranger was. And then all of a sudden, I'm like 13, and I discover this fucking country concept album. At the same time, I'm listening to like Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, like totally different worlds. Totally, totally different, different worlds. But you're you're space, hearing this yeah. like story mm-hmm. being laid out. There's a cinematic scope to this whole thing. Yeah. The same thing as what's going on. Like, yeah. there's a cinematic scope to the yeah. whole thing. The storytelling is amazing. And, you know, as you know, you know, I deal in story working in film and television. And, like, I didn't know it at the time, but that's sort of, like, the aesthetic that mattered to me. Yeah. And so it resonated with me then, and I didn't really know why. And now, um, now it makes perfect sense. But this song is this like nugget in the middle and it's a peaceful nugget in the middle of like a murderous tale right well you know i was waiting for that to come up because to what you're talking about the whole concept of the story and the being able to pick it up you've brought the song to the podcast as a story of introspection as a mm-hmm. story of love as a story of some form of there's a desperation there too though and desperation right. but I mean, if you were to remove this from the entire record, it's beautiful. I mean, it really is beautiful, yeah. and that's where it stuck with you. For those who aren't familiar with Redheaded Stranger, it's a story of jealousy, murder, and redemption. And, and horse thievery. Uh, yes, and horse thievery, <laughs> which is tied to all three of those right, feelings. Right. Um, you know, it's the protagonist who... It becomes a movie later on mm-hmm. where Willie Nelson plays the Redheaded Stranger, mm-hmm. Uh, but he is in love, but suspicious of his lover, only to discover that she is, in fact, with another man. He kills her and mm-hmm. her other man, mm-hmm. and then he goes on the run as a fugitive of the law. He eventually falls in love again. I think he has a child, and this is the moment post that falling in love again and having a child the redemption comes into play. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to just the song, I don't think it's very clear that like, oh, this is a guy who just killed three yeah. people because not only did he kill his lover and his lover's other lover, but he also killed a woman who was attempting to steal his, his lover's horse. horse. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's a bad man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he found redemption, he found love, and this yeah. song is that grasp of that. If you don't listen to the full record it takes on different meanings and things like that. Right. And obviously, you know, hopefully 
you falling in love with joy doesn't relate to a former I mean, I've got bodies murdered. I've got bodies on me. But <laughs> no, I mean that's I so like with anything, like with any song, with any with any um, attachment to a creative piece, it's not a literal attachment, and right. you know exactly. Um, but at the same time, there's the nuance in in um, in the message, and when you know what you're hearing from this song specifically. Um, this this ideation of um, you know obviously he's he's a little bit I don't want to I don't want to tr- go too dramatic with it it's he's a damaged thing mm-hmm. you know it's it's there's a there's a I he felt a negativity in himself that was released and like you said a redemption yeah and that's that's a really powerful thing yeah. it's a really powerful message and by itself it works completely then you throw it into the you know into the mix of this entire epic story and it becomes something even more so um, well, and I think it is especially if you hear this different phases in your life uh, you know you talk about being driven by story and that's mm-hmm. kind of the whole point of this and I think with music people latch on to a specific song and if you literally do read the lyrics and try to interpret it for what it is then you know this is a three minute I mean, this song is a three, but in general, most songs are three minutes long. There's right. a very, there's a start, there's a finish, there's a plot, and it stops there. Mm-hmm. And it's that. There's no context around that. What he does with this, and I think the reason for what you're articulating is it's this concept of here's a man that if you were to pull any one song out and remove it from the context of the whole, then you would pass a very one-dimensional judgment as to the characters within the context of that song. Mm-hmm. But when you combine it all together, you understand the complexity of this character yeah. and the story and the way that it evolves. And that in itself becomes something very meaningful. You're obviously not a murderous person. No. But you can get this this feeling out of that song yeah. because you understand the full context of the present. Well, it's the same attachment moments. you have in any story where there's an antagonist that, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's, what is it, what's the concept of the, um, you know, when you, when you create an attachment to the antagonist, the, the, what the negative hero or the, the, the antagonistic hero, the anti hero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really what that is. And so, like, everybody has that attachment to an anti hero. Han Solo is an anti hero. There's, there's, the best heroes are anti heroes because they're real. There's, and nobody is perfect. Nobody's done everything right in their entire life. And so, when you, when, the redheaded stranger comes along like the yeah he murdered somebody for uh, yeah a woman three people <laughs> yeah well no no, no. three people but you know the woman who tried to steal his uh, his deceased lover's uh horse it, the way it's presented is much more uh understandable than that like there's an aesthetic to that you know like well, it's, it's not real it's storytelling it's, it's storytelling individual things but the, right. He's pulling these emotions, and he's making somebody. If you if you lack the understanding of the full body of right. their existence, right. then you draw certain conclusions. And regardless of the specificness it's of the red-handed stranger themselves, there's still that lesson to pull out of it. Right. Um, that it's it's great, and a lot of really good artists are really excellent at pulling that out. Willie is one of the best on this record. Highly recommend it. Everyone needs to listen to it. If you're waiting to get into Willie Nelson, this record and Stardust if you're waiting are the only two away. things you need to do. And I say that because I was that person that was waiting to get into it. it was, 
very late for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been in Austin 11 years. You know, Willie is the hero that we deserve. Um, You know, if Stevie Ray Vaughan hadn't gone down in a helicopter, then he would have nowhere near the level of recognition that Willie Nelson has. And that's an insensitive thing to say. And I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I should probably edit this out because it's Boston <laughs> people hear me say that then they'll be upset it's, and it's, it's insensitive and it's wrong. Uh, but Willie is, he's the most important Texan in the past 50 years. Um, and from, from an art, uh, uh, yes. From and an man, artistic fuck this, fuck sure. 2016, but eventually there's going to be a year where Willie leaves us yep. and, I'll be drunk. That is going to be really hard. It's going to be really yeah. hard. And I had that moment this year when I saw him at ACL where it kind of hit me of like, God, we're so lucky to exist in the same time period as this guy. Completely. Yeah. I met him I met him a few times. Um, one time I met him at his recording studio and um, I was shooting some stuff with his, him and his sister there and he had <clears throat> these old ashtrays that that are on like three foot stands, like that your great grandma maybe would have, um, which, you know, is appropriate. <laughs> and it was, you know, it's this eight foot or eight foot, eight inch ashtray topper on this three foot stand. And all that's in it is just nuggets of weed. <laughs> and it's like, it's like an ounce of nuggets of weed sitting in this thing. And I'm, I'm, and it's just sitting there right next to this couch and I'm looking at it like that's Willie's weed and, and it's there obviously for you to take but I'm like I, I can't take Willie's weed that would be you can't do that you know and that's what he would want you Safety. to do but still at the same time you just yeah. like, you can't do that Yeah. and then I was talking to him in, in this hallway and it's the first time I'd really ever talked to him and um, at first I was completely starstruck and then within five minutes I forgot that it was Willie Nelson and I had this 20 minute long conversation with this guy and I felt like I was talking to my uncle and it was the, but when I walked out of the room, it was the coolest thing. I was like, and then it hit you again. I, You're like, oh, it hit yeah, me that was again. Willing. I was like, wait, I forgot that that was willing. No, like yeah. it, it was the most amazing, personable, like comfortable experience. Yeah. That's so cool. It doesn't surprise me at all. You just, you, you just feel like that's what would happen, but then when you're in that moment, it's gonna be like, oh, yeah, yeah it he's, did happen. He's a he's a gift to us all for that's sure. That's so cool. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. So this will be Joy's last song because she got to cheat and do two in episode part one. Yep. She's gonna get this last one here. So before we jump in, Matt, can you guess which one the last one's gonna be? Can I guess? I think. Um, I think it's going to be New Edition. Oh, oh you got to cool it down. Oh, man. Was that on your Watch list, out. Joy? <laughs> You're going to lose I love it. That well, was uh, my only, one and only boy band crush. New Edition? Yeah. And, I mean, I was really sad. Uh, we went to Juice Land the other day, and they've got a little uh, record store yeah. right on, on the side. And there was Spoiler a like records. a three LP thing of New Edition interviews. <laughs> about how it was so weird. Three LP. It was three. really wow. It was I was like impressed a, it by was, the Cures too. Well, I was really excited. Well, I was like, it's all interviews. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're gonna get to learn their story, and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't know each other, and we didn't really like each other, and I was like, this is ruined it for me. That's so no, it's not. It's not. I'm glad that that exists for somebody. Yeah. Um, three LPs worth. 
Well, it's actually not new edition. Um, it's going to be the Blackheart procession. <laughs> that was my second guess. Oh, I just had it in my head. I've already got the tissues. Yeah. All, right. All right. So this is going to be the old kind of oh, summer from man. the Blackheart procession. What a great song.
Black Current Procession. <laughs> I, I had never heard it, of these It's guys. a pick-me-up. They're like really bobby. Really? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know you, them. No? Yeah, so oh, I, I tried to do a little yes. bit of research. I and introduced music yeah. to Harrison? Are no, you kidding me? I really liked it. Score. Oh the only thing There's I could so figure many. out online was their, the ties to Ugly Casanova and Modest Mouse. So their Wikipedia now. is terrible. But yeah, there's not mm. much information. Any, so well, he's, it's a clean yeah. slate for well, me. So yay, I have good. very little to contribute. And I think as your last song, this is one that uh, you've got yeah. some good connection to based on watching you as we were listening to it. Oh, well, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, Already bawling like a little bitch. Yeah. But, uh, well, so tell, so tell, me, tell gonna, me about the song. I'll back up and tell you how I found them. Um, I tend to get into bands right as they release their last album and then break up. Oh, no. That's um, a terrible habit. That happens, <laughs> you know, so you don't ever get to really see them tour, but you love their music. And um, I had started listening to Three Mile Pilot and really liked them. And... So this was the time when um, Emo's Downtown was still super cheap. You could get in for two bucks every night, uh, five bucks if it was a good band. And they've got an indoor and outdoor stage. So you kind of had to pick which one you wanted to go see first. And then, you know, if you liked them, you'd stay. If not, you'd go to the other stage. Um, And so uh, these guys were playing inside. And Three Mile Pilot had split and become Black Heart Procession and Pinback, which Pinback's fucking amazing they definitely on my top 22 um and so i was like okay well i'm gonna start inside i'll hear them and, and see how the night goes and um they turn all the lights off except above the bar and um, the, the sound section area and then there's this itty bitty lamp in the corner of the stage with a red light and you so you could barely see anything but like half silhouettes of the the band and then all you hear is this really eerie, creepy circus music saw start. <laughs> 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 so I'm just sitting there going, what? I mean, what, what, what is I that? I don't know how long I'm going to stick around for this. Um, and then he, they proceed to play their first album, which all their albums are numbered one, two, three. They, they put some names to other ones later, but this was album one. So it was right as they'd broken up from Three Mile Pilot and um, doing their first tour. And... Uh, so I'm standing there with uh, my boyfriend at the time of five years. We're like, all right, let's see what's going on. And this is the third song in the album, but that I chose this one specifically because of the words, because um, we had been together for a long time, and I'm kind of standing there listening to this type of music, and I hear what he's saying, and we're kind of at the the point of trying to figure out we've been together for a long time like what do we do from here what's going on and as these guys are playing I'm like just standing there crying um realizing that I was kind of done with the relationship but I didn't know how to say it or why let me compose um And so I see in this band, they're like giving me the words and the feelings of what I kind of at the time and just realizing was the beginning of the end of, of us. And, uh, and then their, their next album, 
so the first album, I think that he, the songwriter or the whole band or somebody had gone through a really crappy breakup and they're writing all these really heartfelt things. Second one is kind of like, oh yeah, we know this is happening. This sucks. I'm still pissed off. It's kind of like the stages. <laughs> um, and then the third is like, eh, well that's done. And, uh, I'm, it, there's this song after the war, uh, and I, for, so for me, it's not just this song, it was the whole album that really made me realize, you love this guy, he's great, but he's not where you want to be. And uh, I, knew, <laughs> I knew that picking this song was going to make me cry, but whatever, I did it to myself. Um, so the beauty of this whole thing is that that allowed me to get out of the relationship eventually I mean it took a while like this literally like being at this show was the first time that I like realized like oh crap you love him but you're not in love with him and you're relating to this song because they're saying what you want to say um, and then uh, by the third album, <laughs> we got to the end of our relationship. So Blackheart is just, I don't know, it's a, I don't even know what to say from here. <laughs> Ask questions. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to, to contribute to that. And only because I think, and people listening and myself as well, thinking through a similar similar feelings. I think a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but I think a lot of people have felt that as well. And that to me is where music can really move so many aspects of your own life. And whether it's the words, whether it's the moment that you heard it, whether it's the person singing it and what you know about that person or the way that the tone of the guitar guts you, they, you can attach yourself to that and it can help you make sense of things in a way yeah. that you can't do on your own independently uh, and you need something to bring that out within you. Absolutely, yeah. And you're thankful for it when it happens and when you can recognize that and acknowledge it. It doesn't make it any easier and obviously like you hear it again yeah. and it still brings you back to yeah the feelings feeling. are still there but like it, it's it's I, I just want to like hug the entire band and thank them like yeah thank you for putting words to what i needed to say because i i would have eventually gotten there but right like they they definitely helped and <laughs> anyone who's listening who doesn't agree and who might feel like oh well that's just you know you just gave into an emotion or something like well first off fuck you uh, and I don't think I'm taught like when I, I know anyone listening to this is not feeling that way but there are people out there and there are people that you know that uh, would dismiss like feelings of like raw emotion and whatever it, whatever mechanism brings that raw emotion out of you it's easy to say you should or shouldn't feel that way but sometimes you just do but that's why nice I love music so much yeah exactly. I, I think that's why we've it got have such that a effect good on people yeah like there's a reason we've got hundreds of, of albums like and we specifically only buy albums for bands that we want to hear like I right. could Spotify anything I want but yeah. 
I want something tangible for those that actually mean something to me. It's yeah, funny. You know? That's why we have two of that record. No, we don't anymore because Chris Wright made a really good uh, ad <laughs> idea. And it's not the album that the song is on, uh, but we have oh, two albums for Here's Harris. Two oh my God. Record albums for you. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> this is a, especially because I like, literally didn't know this band before, and I'm hearing this song. So now you've got their third album, and then the other one's well, kind of like Matt a three song album. Your second coffee, but. No, this is so totally cool. fine. Oh my gosh. I'm wow. Ha- more than happy to share music with anybody. Um, it's like it's getting late, but I'm I know I will go home and listen to both of these before I go to bed tonight. Um, that's really they're special. really good when it's raining very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I have a ten roof too, so I'm a sucker yep. for like a good amount of rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those albums are perfect for ten roofs. It's it, yeah, and this is where this is the reason why I like doing these is because to your point, you're like you want to hug the band, you want to tell them thank you for doing that. That's not why they wrote it. No, they wrote it because they were experiencing yeah, their own things. Absolutely. And I could, you could have gone in and like read and researched and done all this and that and like really understood where he was at and that. And maybe you would have related to it or not, but you didn't need to. Instead, you experienced it at the right moment, at the right time. Yeah. You allowed yourself to feel the feelings that you felt. You acknowledged them. They've stuck with you forever. They've impacted the course of your life. And that's why you picked it as one of your three. Oh, and they helped me with the breakup too. Like, yeah. I, it's. Some of the songs within themselves are almost like a discussion that I can play in my head for us back and forth. Like, this is what I feel like I'm trying to say. This is what I feel like you might be trying to say. Yeah. And, and they, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, poetic. And I, uh, if you do a, other series with us again, mm-hmm. it's going to be songs after we've met each other. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this was really important because without me having my black heart procession <laughs> time, I, I wouldn't have been ready to meet Matt. Yeah. And we wouldn't have existed. And we <laughs> saw them together. I know. And then we saw them together. And, f- and they with were nobody else at Fun 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 Fest. There was us and 20 other people. Standing it was so weird. It was the first Fun Fun Fun. And, uh, well, it was really strange because it was the middle of the day and the sun's like blazing on them and they're yeah. all in black. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it was, was beautiful though. It was amazing. It still was awesome. amazing. Was that at Waterloo Park? Yeah. 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 Was that the year like Peaches was the headliner? Yeah. 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 The Peaches. I don't know. Yeah, I just was. remember the Queers played. I don't know. Yeah. Peaches was there. Trail of Dead played. Like oh, in the was, middle of the day. It was solid. It was solid. Yeah. It was a weird day. Well... Thanks, Joy, for yeah, bringing thanks, that. And thanks for letting me being honest about it, and <laughs> that was fun. That was that was good. You've set um, the bar really high. And yeah. Well, can you please like have something I can dance to? No. <laughs> no, you already know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I um, all right, so <laughs> this is going to be the last one. So we're coming to the end of part two. Um, it is a long song, so listeners beware. <laughs> But Turn you need up. to listen to the whole thing because it, it is cool. Um, this was the one song that Joy accurately predicted beforehand, um, and she knew it was it was coming. So we'll close out with uh, the legendary Funkadelic and the greatest, well, a greatest guitar solo of all time. Oh, <laughs> or the Maggot Brain.
<laughs> I mean, what? Uh, what? Eddie I mean, what do you do after that? Eddie Hazel. Eddie Hazel. Hey, maggot brain. My friend. Uh, man. man. Okay. That yeah. That uh, was that was quite a closer for the song choice. So yeah. tell me about why you wanted to bring that one in. Um <laughs> it's okay. I don't have a uh, like with any of these songs, I don't have a, a very specific moment in time because just not the way that I I work, but that that song You say that, but <laughs> Well, so far hmm. that hasn't been the case, but continue. No pressure. Let me think what I want to think about myself. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do that. And then I'll, we'll discover together. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, maggot brain. Um, it's every time I hear that song, it does. It goes above and beyond for me. Like I, I I've. That's the only song I've ever purposefully sought out to play whenever I was like, hey, I sure could listen to some really fucking cool music right now. That song is the only one where I'm like, that's what I want to, that's, I want to go play that. Like I, I listen to, a, I mean, a lot of shit. I have a, you have I like really a lot of, taste. I have very diverse taste and I have, it's it's weird for me to talk about myself like this, but I have diverse taste, and I have uh, um, there's a lot of I have a lot of records, and I have a lot of experience with different types of music, and and like I mean, I I could I could go anywhere, but that's the only song I've ever purposefully sought out to go like I'm gonna I need to go listen to that now. I yeah. want to go. I want to hear that thing right now. Which I, I being pull, a ten minute song yeah, takes yeah, a lot of dedication. You have to you have to you set have yourself to up it. for that. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean we're sitting in my we're sitting in my house right now and I've got my turntable and speakers are right over there and the records are all right there. That's the record when I well, I'll go and I will put that record on and I will drop the needle and I'll sit in a chair right in front of the speakers and I will close my eyes for ten minutes. It's arresting. It's an arresting song. It's meditation. It commands attention. It's, it's a, a meditation. It's a reset. It's yeah. a reset. It's a meditation for me. And when I when you know when I listen to it purposefully, like what we just did, I realize like there's the reason why that happens is because there's no pretense. That song isn't structured. It's not. It doesn't have a missive. Um, all the players, uh, so to speak, um, there's no pretense in any of what they do. It is, and it's not a jam. It's like this unique thing. It's not, you know, Hey, let's go press record and go jam out for a little while, or let's go. We've been tool we've been noodling with this thing. Right. Or, Hey, I wrote this thing, check it out. And then they go and they do the thing. It's that song is none of those things it really is like this moment in time that isn't a jam. It's like, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of explain the aesthetic of that yeah. song. And for me, like that, that is transcendental. It's like to be able to 
to put yourself in a position where you can achieve a level of, of creativity where you're not like there's zero pretense in what you're doing. Zero fucking pretense. Not even like a fraction. I don't How often does that happen? And to hear 10 minutes worth and then, oh, by the way, it's on record. Oh, by the way, it's from Funkadelic. Like, pff, fuck off. Like, that is gold. Yeah. And I go back to that. Like, it's... I respect that song more than any other song I've ever heard. And so that's why. It's interesting. When you, when you talk about the meditative aspect of it, the respect aspect of it... Right. Uh, and then how you've also, you keep mentioning like, oh, well, I don't associate songs to a specific memory or, or things like that. Right. I think through, so I'm trying to figure out how to interpret that based on the context of the podcast. So what I think about is this is really, this is an outlier because mm-hmm. and I'm going to make some assumptions that this is how you feel about that Please, song, yeah, but you know, chime in as, as you, as you agree or disagree but I feel like, and I get this from this song. This is a song where I don't have any one memory or association to it. Because I, I love this song as well. Maggot Brain, phenomenal record. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, the opening track. And it stands on its own. Really, like, the rest of the record is very different from this track. Right. The next song. Uh, is like, it Hit It and Quit It? Right, right in your face, um, yeah. You and Your Folks, Me and My yeah. Folks, which are th- some of the best funkadelic songs are on this record. Right. But this song... They're really is isolated. raw and amazing, yeah. Uh, and as a result, and what you're describing and how I feel with the song as well, is this is a song where it's meditative in the sense of when you do need to just step away and take those 10 minutes mm-hmm. to sort through whatever thoughts you have in your mind, something about the emotion in this, by the way, single take guitar yeah. solo. Yeah. Eddie Hazel, that's completely freestyle, completely like, imaginative, one take he's got a drummer he's got a second guitarist mm. playing the rhythmic chords in the background and a bassist and that's basically it and he's just ad-libbing for 10 minutes straight there's something within the pacing of his guitar and the different styles and the different emotions that he runs through through his six strings mm. that follows your own pacing of like you said listening purposefully to a song yeah and that 10 minutes and the arcs and the emotional arcs throughout the way that he plays his guitar, you can listen to that song, whatever you're processing or need to process or going through at that time, yeah. this song will help you it's get cathartic. through that. It's cathartic. It's like cathartic. And so I could understand why you would pick that. Yeah. Because you, I am. I could imagine and I'm going to guess that you've used this as a way to be cathartic through a wide ranging of scenarios, situations and memories and emotions that now maybe if I'm hitting it on a head of some sort, you're probably recalling some of those times when you've listened to this song and it's meant something to you, maybe specifically, maybe less specifically, but you can always rely on this song and that in itself is an association back to it. Yeah. I mean, I I can't, uh, I can't, specifically pick out a, a moment and like I said before like I, I that's just sort of not how I music works for me which is you know unfortunate because that's a, not what this yeah, podcast great is about guest. but yeah Matthew Wallace. I don't think yeah. it's unfortunate yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 it's, it's um like I said it's a thread I said earlier it's a thread it's yeah. it's 
there's not a singular moment in time. Like I, I, these things are always with me and I evolve with, as I, as I mature, you know, they, they mature in my own, you know, perception. And, um, you know, 20 years from now, the song is going to be different for me and that's fine because I know that this, it's, it's so fucking good (laughs) that whatever it means to me, 20 years from now is going to be just as good as what it means to me now. And I know that it's going to be different and that's fine for me. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, I have had those moments where, um, you know, maggot brain was, uh, was a channel and it will continue to be that. And I would hope that, you know, people, people that are listening to this have that same sort of attachment and, you know, memory memory isn't just a point by point thing. It's it's um, there's a fluidity to it, and um, um, you know we recreate it every time we we remember something. We are actually uh, creating it anew, and that's just the way that that works. And um, that's sort of how I feel about music. Every time I listen to it, yeah, it's the same song, um, but it's different this time. Yeah, and that's fine for me. Like I'm good with that. Yeah. And I, this song is sort of the pinnacle of that. Yeah, this song really enables that for sure. Because, Definitely. Because, like you said, there is no solid structure. There's no... You get the feeling when you listen to it that none of the musicians knew exactly what was going to happen next, which yeah. is very rare in recorded music. Um, and while some people will take that aesthetic and then attempt to recreate that, it's not something that you plan for it just happens and this is a moment where you actually can feel like you're in the studio and feel like you can understand or appreciate to some degree that what it felt like to be in that room when you hear it because it comes out so clear and there's like no words in it going back to the aspect of like words and lyrics and that conveyance of emotion that mm-hmm. then allows you to tie memory back to it and this song has always stuck with me because it is so emotive through the music not through the words and the story behind like the recording process we, mm-hmm. we were talking about that when we were listening to it mm-hmm. um, pulled our headphones off for a second you had mentioned like notating a specific tie because of the origins of how it was recorded I'm assuming right. we're on the same track on that but yeah definitely uh, th- do you want to do you want to I can t- yeah, yeah sure, sure. so you, the, you, the story yeah. the story is you know Eddie Hazel is a brilliant guitarist and his mother meant all, uh, meant means a lot to him and uh, the story is that when they were recording um there's different stories but uh, the one that i ascribe to is that they were on psychotropic drugs at the time lsd i think yeah and um george clinton um the master producer that he is and manipulator that he is. You really just can't apply a label to George Clinton. Yeah, no, you will can. fail every time. You will. He's yeah. just George Clinton. Well, there's two stories. There's there's one thing where like is maggot brain George Clinton or is maggot brain Eddie, Eddie Hazel? Hazel. And um, I stick with the the Eddie Hazel as maggot brain. And um, the story is that when they were recording the, the track, um, you know, in the talk back um, to Eddie's. Uh, headset um, George Clinton while Eddie's on acid and just shredding fucking guitar as they're going through this experiential thing together says you know play like you just found out your mother passed away and so for the first what is it three minutes yeah. you know we go down this path of like 
this this man who's having to come to terms with a very emotional moment and he's pushing it through his guitar and like that's uh, you can hear it you can hear it come through um and it's um, unbelievably emotive and expressive and um and then you know around five and a half minutes in or wherever it is george clinton being the master <laughs> producer manipulator that he is is like okay you know paraphrasing here but just kidding you just found out she's live now and you can hear that come through and there's even this confusion at around five minutes where they're they're they are noodling where they're you know it's like that little you know just tinkling on the strings mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how to fit you know what to do next. how to fit it in right and um right after that you hear this like um, this the, these like cries of joy come out of the guitar and like the expression that comes out of the guitar is like what he pulls out there i, I mean I don't, i've never heard a voice or a guitar do that yeah you know um, and you know it may be true it may not be true if it's not true it doesn't change how you doesn't feel really it. change anything about totally. it I mean it's it's a moment in time that like it, well you just can't recreate something like that it's anybody that wants to come along and drop another MAGA breakdown fuck please do it like I'd love to see that come around again yeah, it can't be who's done. gonna do that Kamasi Washington maybe can drop that shit but like, <laughs> maybe no it can't be done it's, no, it's, it's done. a one of a kind track for sure um yeah, that I mean that's definitely the story that I've heard as well. And like you said, it's probably become urban legend at this sure, point and been sure, embellished yeah. and who knows. But who cares? It's a good story and it's if somebody listens to that song and they don't quite get it, reading that story is a good connection in and then it becomes its own story for that person and whatever they're thinking about, trying to connect that story. Uh, and that's how I've always felt about it. And I mean, it is special. You, you mentioned how there's the Eddie Hazel version versus the Clinton version. Um, the difference between the two stories that I know is tied more just less to the song itself, more to the name of the song. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie Hazel's nickname was Maggot Brain mm-hmm. as a guitar player. Um, so named after him being Eddie Hazel centric, the other version of like why it was called Maggot Brain, which, uh, I don't, I haven't researched deep enough to know if, like, this has been obviously disproven or not. And I don't know anything about George Clinton's, like, life prior to Parliament and Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. But supposedly he found his own brother's yeah. decomposed skull in yeah. an apartment in Chicago. Yeah, he found his dead brother and with his skull bashed up and it was uh, had maggots crawling through it. And yeah. it had scarred him for life and sort of set him on the path to... That's psychedelic. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's the that is that's intense. Regardless, very emotional song and a song that carries a whole lot of emotion without telling you what that emotion is, but it's articulated musically and I, I I'm glad you chose it because it's different. Um it, it tests the listener's patience. Yeah, um, sure. Just Joy's patience. I, think I, I wrote in a while. the note that I wrote yeah, down. Every once in a while, but <laughs> it doesn't matter what the story is. It doesn't really matter yeah. what came. Like that song makes you feel all of the different feelings of everything we've it's talked like about the entire of, yeah. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it hits on every single one of them. So I, it doesn't matter. The thing that really stuck with me through our conversation about the song is listen purposefully and you we've but we've all alluded to like uh you know being able to stream music listen to spotify versus having the records and things like that um and this process of picking the three songs 
talking about them, listening to them. Because, I mean, yeah, it's strange. We're sitting here. We've got two microphones in front of our faces. We've got headphones on. It's not a physically appearing, natural way to have a conversation with somebody. And yet I feel like we've had some very authentic conversations that becomes we remove ourselves from the natural inclination that we're recording something and it feels very honest and very truthful um and for me i'm enjoying doing this i hope you guys are enjoying doing this and i hope that the listeners perhaps listen in a different way and then maybe go on their own and hear it as well and listen purposefully and i think that music is something that can be treated as a background as an essential thing to hear because you're supposed to uh but when you actually take the time to focus on hearing something thinking about something and not thinking about what the artist wants you to feel or what the radio dj wants you to feel or what you clicking on your friend's facebook link wants you to feel but actually purposefully trying to gain something for yourself out of that song that's when fucks with you man (laughs) that's why we love it that's why we do it and that's why it sticks and that's why you guys have picked three songs that you heard five years ago ten years ago fifteen twenty years who knows how long everyone that's listening is thinking about to their three songs and they run the gamut of times and emotions and feelings and styles and genres and places and locations and people and it doesn't matter because when you actually take in something like music and apply it to yourself and to that experience, then there is purpose to it. And it's not purpose that needs to be articulated to you or to people. It just happens naturally. And if you can reflect on that, then that's what this is about. And this is where I'm so glad that we're doing this. Oh, because it's, yeah. it's amazing. And to bring it back to the the podcast you had with the cigarettes thing, like they made up words. Yeah. Like the, there is no actual linguistical meaning to it i'm raising my hand so yeah you didn't you, you didn't know you don't get to talk you didn't listen to it <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't i didn't but but I, to to uh tee off of what you're both saying i just said tee off we're not in a meeting but i um there, it's it's called aesthetics there's an aesthetic there's an emotional aesthetic there's a um there's a, a um, philosophical aesthetic and there you know there's there's something that we don't know. I'm not a religious man, but there's something you know that's that that, that we all have, and you know, in the head and the heart, and and the aesthetic pulls towards that and pulls those things in. And you know, when when it's, whether it's Maggot Brain or Run DMC, or, um, dear God, next one I get to talk about losing my religion. Or losing I like my had religion. whole I had a whole list of uh, yeah. It's, there, it's, 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 it's about the aesthetics of, the of life. It's about you know, it's, it's like fucking water. Music is like water. It's it's an aesthetic for yeah. life, and it's it's in my mind it's necessary. And um, I'm really happy that you're doing this because it's not as if you're you're promoting a um, a philosophical or a, or a um, uh, you know you're not making people think too hard about anything. It's it's you're you're tapping into the the aesthetic of our attachment to sound to music and. Nobody does that shit anymore. Well, so but you're tapping into the this. core of, of what people are, too. It's not... That's called it's, aesthetics. Well, uh, not, wait, I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Use your words. I'll use mine. I, uh, it's just really nice to sit down and, and 
like you said, we don't normally have these discussions. I'd love to have phase two without headphones or, right. or with headphones either way. But uh, just you getting to know other people on a different level. <laughs> Music completely has always explained to me who you are. <laughs> Might be judgy of me, but I, I hate when people say, what's your favorite band or what's your favorite song? Mm -hmm. But I definitely don't want to know what your top 10 are because right. your top 10 are going to say, say something about you that I don't need you to explain. Right. I'm just aut automatically going to know there's a connection somewhere. Right. I, I agree. And I also would add to that that while, yes, I recognize that not everybody feels the same way or places as much importance on music as what I might or as what you might or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and it's easy for me to be judgmental of that and dismiss people that would say, ah, music's not that important. I just listen to music here and there. But even those people, I feel like if you really make them honestly dig deep and think, I think that you would find that they're, regardless of if it's cool songs or whatever, there's still something that ties them back to it. That connect, I mean, it's yeah. just art in general. Um, and I like exploring that. And by talking to different people about this and hearing different interests, like, uh, my friend Alvin I did an interview with and his first song is like a Dave Matthews band song oh which that was great I, I made loved fun that of so him much. for it but then I also like outed myself as like I, I also got high with Dave Matthews, Matthews. Yeah. you have to stop smoking weed with people. every celebrity <laughs> whatever <laughs> but they like to get he also high, grabbed so. uh, Gwen no, Stefani's butt that's not appropriate for this conversation oh, okay well maybe not get high with Gwen Stefani no just grabbed her butt, I guess. Okay. It was like oh. a passing swoosh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's... It was a mutually... But, you know, I, I just think that... Uh, I, I'm enjoying it because it's forcing me to be more open-minded to music and to people uh, and their judgment of music. And hopefully it's a mutual effect for the people on the other side listening and thinking about it. I don't... I picked you guys I talked to earlier about it because I thought I know music's important to you and I'm engaged with your interests and I think you guys have great tastes and we overlap on some things. We don't overlap on others and I think that's great, but obviously we share a common thread of music being a big aspect of our life. Yeah. But I don't want every guest to necessarily be that way mm -hmm. um, because I think that it's important to realize and recognize what music can bring out of people even in the non-cool way and look if somebody comes on and has a fucking Kesha song and they've got a good story about it sure. and why it's helped them with it's their good. life and meant something I mean I'll I'll tease them a little bit for the entertainment of the podcast but I don't like Kesha uh, yeah there you go of course yeah <laughs> she's got some good she's got some catchy pop songs but oh and, my god I mean that was just you like the first random ass name that came actually <laughs> I, I have thought don't it's crossed my mind for since we planned this that like it'd be yeah. interesting I'm doing the husband and wife thing what would we do with the daughters and yeah. it, most everyone I've I've interviewed has been I think the youngest has been like 25 or something um, but Pat, I, everyone's kind of got that like 18 to 22 age range where music really becomes like something you seek out mm -hmm. it would be interesting it to would. interview younger people obviously the tastes will be very different yeah. and whatever but at the same time like you can have association and you can have meaning and feelings for things regardless of how old you are, what experiences you've had. 
And then, hell, if I'm still doing it in 15 years, we'll do it again and yeah. see how it's changed. You know? See if they pick the same songs again. Well, I mean, talking about Sound on Soundfest, we took 13 and 15-year-old kids with us. And, yeah, we split up and we went. To, we had different songs we wanted to hear or bands, but uh, we, we were all at... Aesop Rock. And Aesop on Rock. The front row of Aesop Rock. I went yeah. out with Noah to, uh, you know, the middle of... of the masses for Run the Jewels. Our, yeah, I was going to say Run the Jewels. Our 13-year-olds like jump in, bouncing up and down as much as we are. That's awesome. I love it. Um, well, this has been really good. I, I feel like part two was great. Part one was great. I hope that everybody made it through both of these because I'm, I'm thinking right now and, you know, I hate to pick favorites, but this has been my favorite so far. <laughs> so we'll see how long that holds true. And I apologize to everyone else who's already been on this that I didn't say the same <laughs> thing about. But you guys won the show for me. And I think it's Thank great. You. It feels really good to get to 10 um, and have run the gamut of the songs, the genres, the people, the emotions, the stories. And really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this with Definitely. me and sharing this. And um, I hope everybody else has enjoyed it. So. We loved it. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. All right. Until next time. Memory tracks. Thanks, y'all.